Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Teach, Seek, Repeat. My name is Dylan. And my name is Hayden. And we're back with season 37, episode 9, <laughs> series 2. <laughs> what? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> we had a good like two minute chat before <laughs> trying to clarify what it was. And we finally looked and we were all wrong. <laughs> yeah, normally you just go, I don't know what episode we're on. I don't know. Who cares? We're all here for the good times and the good laughs. Mm. Hey Hayden. Hey man. Last week we did an episode. It went down very well. Mm. It always seems to be, and this is the horrible spiral we're going down with this podcast sometimes, but whenever we're a little bit negative, it seems <laughs> to do quite well. Yeah. Because I, I suppose people just feel that way. They like to have a bit of a moan. Everyone loves to moan. We all love to moan. We do. So you can live through our moaning. Yeah. And then carry on not doing anything about it in your life. <laughs> Brilliant. Should we get on to our weeks? Let's do it. Hayden, should you or me start of our week? Shall you or me do the starting? <laughs> I'm thinking that you will do the starting. <laughs> How has your week been, Dylan? Good. Um, I've got a son. Ah. Uh, who had <laughs> one minute ten on their radar. <laughs> radar? I don't know what I'm saying. Can you tell uh, that the only thing I wanted to say was that last night, yeah. uh, we were up every hour and a half with him. Oh. And that was really fun. Don't worry, that will stop soon. <laughs> oh, I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't want to go on about it, but I just, you know, when you like feel, it, all the parents out there probably feel like, oh, okay, there's not routine because they're very young. He's only five weeks old. Mm. No routine yet, but last few nights, we kind of know what we're doing. You know, he feeds and then he'll go down for, you know, three hours or so. Some go down for longer. Oh, my baby went down for eight hours. Oh, I don't care. Shut up and don't tell me, please. I don't want to hear about it. Um, but, you know, he's staying down for about three hours. So said, we can deal with that. We can deal with that. Yeah. Last night he fed at 10, half 11, 1, 3, half 4, 6, half 7. And finally, Victoria Station. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Tickets, please. Cool. You're really making me excited. No, but here's the problem. Here's what, here's what I said, right? And it was backed up by Lauren's mom. She was saying, they make them cute for a reason. Because if they didn't make them cute, I'd have chucked them out the window. <laughs> uh, it'd, be, it'd be fine. I mean, it'd bye. If he wasn't really, really cute and I didn't love him so much. Yeah. In the bin. He'd be gone. In yep. the bin. He'd Honestly. be gone. Bye. See you later. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I did say before last night, I said, should we just sleep tonight? <laughs> oh, what's the, what's the worst that can happen? Obviously, we didn't. Yeah. Our baby needs food. Yeah. But yeah, he's very sweet. You're um, very involved, aren't you? Oh, I love it. Not like these old fashioned dads. Not these old fashioned dads. Uh, I had a friend message me saying, last thing on Rory, uh, I had a friend message me saying, Oh, by the way, we were, ch we were chatting. He was saying something from the podcast. Oh, by the way, um, you really sound like David Brent last week. <laughs> David Brent. I was like, oh, go on. Um, <laughs> in the bit where I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help out. Not for praise. Don't praise me. Yeah, I'll help out. Not those days. Yeah, I do stuff at home. I'm a dad who changes nappies. Yeah. Right. You've watched way too much on this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd be complimented or... I, no. I don't know if I'd feel complimented because <laughs> I, I love David Brent. I don't think it was a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to have to splice them together. <laughs> so, uh, me, yeah. yeah. Dad, work from yeah. home, does the nappies. Being a dad, is that the reason that you forgot since last week's recording to re read the bear story, oh. bring the bear story, the story we mentioned last so, week? Very quick one. Any new listeners that I've been given a Goldilocks and three bears story, but it's been swapped in with a gherkin and a gorilla. <laughs> um, long story short, it's involved with my class from last year. They remembered she wanted to write me a story for our baby. I've got it. It's coming. Okay. So yeah. last thing I'm going to say for my week. Let's move from school to home. <laughs> no. Is it still at school? He's at home. No, oh, it's okay. home. It's yeah. home. But then I'm not in my home now. <laughs> so it's still at home. I think it's one week for each transfer. So school to home was a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take another week for it to get here. Yeah. And then I'll finally so just when it. nobody cares. Next week, <laughs> yeah. it'll be ready. Already to I'm trying to clarify it. Like there's a gherkin and a gorilla story. No one knows what I'm oh. talking about. 
But the last thing, something like semi-serious, I suppose, about my week, uh, just a quick win. Mm-hmm. Um, we did worry monsters. We got worry monsters in school where they're basically just like, you know, decorated shoe boxes with a hole in. Yeah. If you've got a worry, it just allows the children to write it down, put it in the box without, you know, feeling like they're making a thing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just something I'd recommend to everyone, even if, because they exist in our school, but just making the point of saying them right this morning, I had a slide up on my screen. It's like, I brought the worry monster into the class. It's right here. You've all got a sheet of paper in front of you. You mm. can read your book. You can write, you can do it. It's a free choice. I'm not mm. going to force you to have worry. You're not worried. <laughs> Be worried. It's worry <laughs> yeah. monster time. What are you worried about? Down. Write one down, kid. Um, but then... <laughs> Turns out it was just you filling up. <laughs> it was me. I can't <laughs> sleep. I'm so worried. Um, but yeah, just a quick win. Um, because obviously there were some funny ones in there. Some that not worried at all. One yeah. of them just said I was worried <laughs> because um, when I came into school this morning, my mum said it was going to be someone else picking me up. And I was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. like, that's sweet. But I, I very quickly said to them, you know that you'll still go home. And they were like, yeah, I know. I just wanted to see my mum. So, so that's like low level worry. Yeah. But there were also other things that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And, you know, mm. things going on, on the playground, things going on between children. Yeah. And it just gave me that insight that, I could have just floated through and then come April, that could have been a really big problem because it's not been... You wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, but It's yeah. true because if, if you don't give kids the a really, really easy way mm. to say these things and they yeah. just won't do it. Well, yeah. some, some of them will. You get those... You, you always get the boisterous children yeah. who are every day, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to tell you a problem. Yeah. And then I guess it's easy to yeah. then think, oh, well, you know, they're just, like, they're just going over a bit, a bit over the top and everyone else is fine. Well, there was one girl, just very quickly, for example, who that morning had come in. I always speak to them when they come in. Like, hi, how are you doing? You okay? And she was like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm good. Mm. Um, and she sat down, she's presenting absolutely fine. Then her worry was something that was worrying her right then. It was like something mm. from that morning. And I'm like, wow, you, I just wouldn't have known that because she was very smiley, yeah, cracking on. Front. Wouldn't, have on a, wouldn't have had a single clue. Kids, um, kids, kids do, yeah. To yeah. put on front yeah. quite quickly, I find. So it just, I just thought a nice quick win, anyone at school, just try out. Just um, we all know what worry monsters are. We all do this, but just explicitly put five minutes aside one morning just to say, guys, let me know if there's something you want to let me know. Yeah. All anonymous. It was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How was your week? That was good. Yeah. My chill. I had a really good week. I had a really good week. Don't convince me, mate. Why I'm making this? I had a really good week. I believe you, Mickey Mouse. Oh, thanks. Well, thanks for mocking me within three seconds. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, don't, don't, don't worry about it. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> you know why I mocked you? Because I don't want to hear it. Because <laughs> I've already read it on your notes. Come on, yeah. But how was, how was your week, mate? Um, did you manage to get any visits from any ex-pupils? <laughs> did you have a really nice week? Nice kids at school? Realised you're sick at the recorder? Did you measure around your stomach? <laughs> I wasn't even going to say some of these things. <laughs> Go now. Go now. Oh. Anyway, well, yeah. quick fire. Look, listen, quick fire. I had a really nice week. Good. Really positive week. I just had one of those weeks where I finished finished my whole three days. <laughs> and, week. And Very loose definition of a week. Oh, I feel bad. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> finished my three days, and you know, we just the, the kids were just so nice. Yeah. Everyone's respectful. Like it was just, I just had a really good week. I didn't have any problems. Yeah, it was really nice. Good. So that was good. Um, also been playing recorders, oh. and I was quite proud of myself because yeah. I've never touched a recorder before yeah. the day I had to start teaching recorders. It was like, oh, <laughs> you're doing this, only this year. Yeah, it's the first wow. time I've ever done it. I've always done other subjects. You've been a primary school teacher for nearly ten years. Yeah. I've never you? taught recorders. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, a right yeah. passage. I know. I know. So. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be rubbish at this. Mm. And I just sort of stayed one step ahead of them. <laughs> and then we got to our little final piece yesterday that we're going to be playing in a church. And I looked at the sheet music and thought, oh, God, this is going to be painful. I've got to try and teach this. And I could play it straight away. Okay. Read it. I, okay, there's two parts of me right here. Mm? Don't one, take this away from me. <laughs> one, one part of me wants mm. to really big you up and yeah, be really you. nice. Do that if bit. it was someone I knew less, that, that's all I do. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's lovely to hear. Yeah. But I will just say, mm. there's a reason we teach seven-year-olds in the quarter. 
Oh, moving on. Extremely easy. Look at that. Don't worry about it, mate. You should be proud of me. Um, and the other, th other thing I want to mention, a bit more personal and <laughs> embarrassing. So, you know, we had a bet, didn't we? We had a little bet. Yeah. Um, obviously, both of our girlfriends were pregnant at the same time. Give or take like a month, they were, you know, very, very similar timings. And we had a little bit of fun just saying, oh, I wonder at what point they will overtake us in the size of their stomach because we're just joking about ourselves. Because yeah. we're big, bolshy men. And, and we eat girl, a lot of rubbish. Yeah. You know, we, we, and it was like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, we've had a sweepstake on oh, a bait. A bait. Four months. Yeah. Yeah. Four, Four months. months After a while, it was, they, they obviously look very pregnant. And it was like, of course, they're bigger yeah. than us. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> I was at my mum's the other day and uh, my sister thought it'd be really, really fun to get the tape measure out. Really and, fun. Um, yeah, just because she knew. What fun event she doesn't knew. start the tape measure getting out? <laughs> yeah. We measured our feet. It was great. But she knew that she would be able to humiliate me and she measured around Lauren's bump. Right. right. And but just for context, she's 38 weeks pregnant. She's, she's ready, like, to, ready pop. to pop. And <laughs> then measured around me and I was like two inches bigger. My circumference is larger. And I couldn't believe it. I was mortified. If you were oh. both planetary bodies, mm -hmm. she'd be your moon still. She's yeah, still yeah, smaller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just eaten a Kit Kat and I had another one and I put it back. <laughs> of course. Hey, uh, That's the perfect situation, yeah. like summarized. Yeah. After that, the fact you had a second Kit Kat lined <laughs> up. Second Kit Kat ready to go. Oh, so yeah, a bit, oh. bit gutted about that. Okay. Um, that's my win. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go on a diet now. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. We did say we were going to try and streamline our week a bit mm. because we have got into the habit of going on and on. It started with that delirium, that it delirious week. Because <laughs> I think that week, the whole episode was an intro. <laughs> I don't think we had any structure whatsoever. Oh dear. Um, so yeah, that was our week. Brilliant. Should we get into the uh, chunky, chunky bit of this? Uh, no. Okay. no. <laughs> All right, see you next time, guys. <laughs> Right, so there is a danger, Hayden, that for two weeks in a row, we go down the negative spiral. <laughs> so we made an agreement. Few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we made an agreement that if we're going to talk about some <laughs> negative things again, we have to either come up with some solutions, which we'll do later. Yes. Uh, but also, we're going to have a nice little two-minute, nice little happy thing right now. Happy thing. New, that happy segment. We are. Welcome to the happy segment of the Ooh. Angry Podcast. <laughs> Okay, ready? So, the you nice little... One day I'm going to make a compilation of all your little... A comp comp what? A compilation okay, of all your little singing A compilation. Your little jingles that you make up. Please do. I, I love it. This is what I do all the time. I don't think the viewers know this. So this, <laughs> this is what happens every two minutes in oh, my house. It's okay? great because we're becoming more and more comfortable with, with rec recording this what, podcast. What? What? <laughs> we're becoming we're becoming more and more, more, more comfortable with just talking on the... Um, uh, you can't talk. I, I can't talk. <laughs> Most of the time. Oh, Anyway, becoming yeah. more comfortable. Mm. Comfortable? I can't speak now. You put me under pressure. Go on, try again. We're becoming more comfortable Good. on this podcast and you're beginning to see more... Behind Realistic. the veil. <laughs> the mask is slipping. <laughs> Dylan. <laughs> anyway. Soon I'll be whacking my head and running into the wall. Um, well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> that's for future episodes. For future anyway, episodes. quick thing, right? I just want, to, just want to do a nice little thing. Okay. All right. And I'm going to ask you a question. Yep. Um, you know what the question is. Yep. <laughs> because we're yeah, I'll pretend, you I'll can pretend. pretend. I'll pretend. I'll pretend. What's, what's the uh, question? <laughs> for the viewers and the listeners. Mm. Um, just build really good. Oh, no, I haven't oh. asked it yet. Oh, sorry. Go I haven't on. asked it yet. You've got to wait. Okay. If you're going to pretend... Yeah, yeah. We'll do it, we'll, we'll do it again. Cut, cut. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Mm. So, what's one... <laughs> what's one thing mm. that you do with your class yep. to build rapport with Don't... Them? Don't want to. 
Fantastic. Um, <laughs> what about you? Well, that's, I also have the same answer. So, <laughs> no. uh, That's a good question. I don't just do one thing is the answer. So mm. I'm going to try and I know. find it hard to pinpoint. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's really, it feels like a cop-out answer. I always say it, but I think it's such a powerful way to go about seeing your class. And some teachers just don't. They just don't. I don't know they don't because I, I work with them and they're not bad teachers, but they just don't do this. And I, I just treat and see every single child as an <laughs> Sorry, I just imagined him Brent again. <laughs> this is Brent, he's back. Huh? Not everyone does this, but uh, I do. Um, but no, you see and treat every single child as their own individual personality. Mm. I think every teacher treats them, does treat them as an individual in terms of their ability at maths and English, and they can uh, you know, put stuff in place with them and that they're there to make them better at maths, better at English. Mm. But I just absolutely love every single year spending the time up until Christmas, not only teaching them lots of stuff, obviously, because that's the biggest part of the job, but just building a relationship with them where I know them individually. Mm. And, and I'd like to think that by Christmas, if you said any child in my class, I'd be able to tell you three or four individual facts about them that I've got from them from just talking to them, nice. just getting to know them. Uh, I think that's such a powerful thing because I think loads comes from that. So there's always loads of little bits like do the register silly or all that kind mm. of stuff. Mm. But um, for me, that's the biggest thing is they're their own individual personality and just talk, talk to them without the end goal of they're going to learn some maths by the end of this conversation or yeah, they're going to know yeah, some yeah. more history. Yeah. I just talk to them as I would talk to you. Well, do you have, because it's quite, that's quite a wide point. Yeah, I suppose. it's a very good point. But is, I was thinking more, to be fair, yeah. like, like yeah. a specific no, I didn't want to answer your question. You do. So. <laughs> like, like the register thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little point that I yeah. was thinking of because yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah, and it yeah. is just funny. And just, yeah. I don't know, just yeah. saying their name slightly silly. Yeah. And then they love it. And that's Apparently, there was one child who came up to me the other day and just said to me, um, in the register, I'm called you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, yeah, just say Mr. Price and then I answer. <laughs> okay, brilliant. And they love it. Yeah, love why it. not? The other day, <laughs> this kind of backfired slightly. Um, I was just saying the register and I was just six children in, very close to the top. Mm. And I said a name, but apparently all the, ch I thought I didn't, but obviously I did. I said a T at the start by accident, trying to like stumble over my words. Mm. And I, so I'd replaced the first letter with a T by accident. And they're like, what, what, what did you say? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I didn't. Thank you. <laughs> so I proceeded to say every name wrong after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just, just, just and they love it. Yeah, and they go home. Cool. What did you learn today? I don't know, but, <laughs> but. Mr. Price did this thing and it was unbelievable. Okay, funny. okay, but we really need you to learn your times tables. Did you do that? No, but I changed the letter at the start of work. Name. It was, it was really brilliant. Good. And we did it all day. Was that so you can't spell your name now? No. <laughs> so you've regressed, yeah. Was it funny? Yeah. Okay, it's <laughs> Yeah, I think little yeah. things like that yeah, do the register funny. And um, I, I, I guess one thing I do in lessons is I will very happily break for two minutes. And mm. what I mean is like, it's not like, oh, break, stop and just rest. It's like, okay, I've realized that they're really bored. They're yeah. really bored right now. So I'm going to G them up a bit or get them infused and be silly mm. or, you know. And, and one thing I do all of the time, my friends get annoyed. And I've said it before on the podcast is I constantly praise them. Like yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I kill them with praise. Like they could be doing anything that's right. And I'll be, and some people say, don't do that. Cause then when they do something, no, I don't care. Mm, I'm going to, mm. I'm going to kill them with praise. And then when they do something wrong, call them up on it. Yeah. But then I'm going to have 90% of my time is praise, praise, yeah, praise, definitely. praise. Particularly those children. Cause uh, I've always remember training years ago about the hidden child. And it's like, it was a way to get you to think about the, the quietest child in your class, because quite often they're going to get the least interaction because simply because they're just not making as much noise. That's it. And I've always been aware of that. And, and I, quite often do exactly what you're doing. And I'll actively think to myself, right, who is it? Because there's gonna be five children at least in this class who constantly do the right thing. They never do the wrong thing. 
but they don't get much praise for it. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, you know, little Timmy over there. Let's, mm. you know, let's, can we be like him, please? And, and he, he's probably thinking, oh, sweet. Like, I've just got praise. Yeah. I, I do this all the time. But And some people will go, well, he's just doing the bare minimum. You shouldn't be praising that. Mm. Uh, well, funnily enough, more than half the class aren't. So I'm going to praise him, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not yeah. obviously the bare minimum com compared to other people in the I class. I guess right po now. positivity then is actually a really, really yeah. big thing for building rapport. Like, yeah. I, I always try to I think of ways where they can earn something mm. as a class like mm. so it, it develops a bit of community spirit and it's mm. like right if we do this you're, you're gonna earn yourself every, every time I put this thing on the board you're gonna get another minute we're gonna do yeah. extra play yeah. we get this work done to this standard mm. we're, gonna, we're gonna go outside we're gonna have some fun because you've mm. done the hard work mm. and they're so driven by that sort of stuff mm. and then mm. they like you for it and it, you just build up a nice relationship with them because they're like yeah. oh this teacher rewards me they don't we don't just do more hard work as a reward for getting the work mm. done hard. <laughs> like, I completely agree. I, I think it's it's an issue sometimes where there's a bit of a bell curve, like inverted, where in the middle, if you're a middly one, you might not get as much out of them. Mm. But if you shower them with praise and they they really, really adore you, yeah. uh, you, they can get loads out of you. But also, I saw a point the other day, and I think it's, it's probably right, is sometimes the most liked staff member in school is actually getting the least out of their kids mm. because there's another way to make children like you and it's just to let them do whatever they want whenever they want. Yeah. And then yeah. you're the walk over the cool teacher who's like, hey, we don't, we don't have to get our work mm. done with this person. This is awesome. Isn't he the best? But then mm. there's the other way, which is, oh yeah, he's really cool and funny. Like we work hard. Yeah, but, but really strict uh, rules and in place, yeah. but he, he is nice as well. Because I think, nice. yeah, I, I really want to fight against the blanket thing of, and the statement was basically, the most liked teacher in your school is probably the worst teacher. Mm. And I was really triggered. Because I, I get the sentiment and I understand there will be teachers like that. But I think that sentiment feeds then into you've got to be a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just don't. No, it is a fine line though, isn't it? Between yeah. being that and being a fun, respectable teacher that kids yeah. like who does actually still get really good like yeah. progress and results yeah. from their kids. Yeah. It's hard. Talking of being a monster, mm. should we move on? <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen the title and you clicked on it. Someone shared it maybe or you're just an avid fan. Thank you for coming back. Um... And it is a bit negative. Okay, so the the, the question's loaded. Mm. How do we fix terrible schools? Clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> get them clickbait. Get them hooked. And then we get them with the Rory Poo story. Um, <laughs> how do we fix terrible schools? And and I think the my favorite part of the title is problems and solutions. Because yeah. I always feel like a bit of a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a negative Nelly when I come to something mm. with just moaning, 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 but I've not come with any solutions yeah. to fix it. Yeah. So we're going to dive in. When we say bad schools... We mean not underperforming schools, like how do we make progress better? We're going to kind of harp on from last mm. week, which was quite positive uh, with people, positive feedback. And that yeah. is schools that are just become hellish. Mm. Schools that become a negative place for staff, a negative place for pupils. How can we fix these places? What is wrong with them in the first place? What are the problems in, in these kind of institutions? And how can we maybe try and move forward? And what are the solutions that are practical yeah. and that will make somewhere a much better place because to be in. there are plenty of good schools and by good again i'm not we're not talking offset today no. we're not talking about gradings of schools we're talking about places which people like going to work in right there are plenty of schools where staff retention is great people love working there and they get good results out of their kids and there are plenty of schools that are offset graded good or outstanding that are horrendous to work in we've got a really good example in a minute to share with you um they still they might get their progress but they're horrible horrible places to work in so what is the difference between them how can we make them better and i think one of the biggest rises we've seen like over the last i, don't, I guess decade i suppose since we've been in school is the rise of the kind of 
really harsh, hardline Victorian style inner city schools. Mm. You think of Michaela, that school with the, um, the, you know, the head teacher who's apparently, oh, the strictest head teacher in the land. And they get amazing progress data. Mm. Unbelievable data for Wait, their children. This? This in, in inner city London, I think. So okay. this is just in London. Um, and uh, the name of the staff that work there slips my mind, but the school's called Michaela. Right. Gets really good data progress points. They were released recently. Like, honestly, like probably, I think she was one in the country. Like oh, wow. top 10 at least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So unbelievable results for the children, which you can't turn your nose up. At. No, like, no. That's fantastic. That is amazing. Because mm. that is, at the end of the day, one of the biggest reasons we're in school mm. is to get that. But the very, very, very negative press for how they go about it. Okay. Right. And we see high levels of exclusion that we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. High levels of uh, staff turnover, mm -hmm. high expectations from staff, horrible work workload, horrible um, kind of place to be if yeah. you're a staff member. It's not a nice place to be unless you're in that mindset of this work is my life. And they get results. And this, I guess this whole point here is we're going to try and balance that. And I think whilst progress is really important, I suppose the foundation we're going to lay here is we're going to come at this from the perspective of the well-being of the teachers and the staff. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the teachers and the, and the children. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, there's different ways to make progress. Fine. But we're going to say right now, a bad school is a school where you hate going into work. Yeah. Like you just said. Yeah. So we can't start this conversation without referencing something that came up this week. So, Hayden, <laughs> yeah. take over for well, me. Well, Dylan messaged me the other day and sent me a link, which is, is, has obviously gone viral because I've seen it in loads of places now of, um, it, it was a letter, was it from the union, the actual letter? That was it was written? from one, the local executive of uh, NASWT. Yeah, yeah, so they wrote it and it was a letter to the parents, right, yeah. about what they're doing. So it's based around a, a trust called Australia. Austria? Uh, no, Australia. Aust Austria. Aust 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 <laughs> it's called Aust Australia. Australia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. a terrible yeah. joke. Yeah. No one's laughing at this point. Um, <laughs> Everyone's thinking about what was in the letter. Yeah, laugh. yeah. you might have seen it. So if you're in the teaching world, you, you've probably already seen it. So Australia, Australia, whatever you want to call it. Australia. They're a trust, right? Yeah. And they have a loads big of trust. schools. Yeah, lots, in the lots of schools. And, and they're known for being extremely strict, extremely militant. Um, and there's a particular school, St. Ivo, mm. um, which is what this letter is based around, who they've had a, a horrendous time. Mm. I don't know if they've been in the trust for long. I got the impression from the letter mm. that it's been over the last couple of years. Okay. Perhaps they weren't in the trust before, but okay. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's should we summarize some of the, yep. the points that have come out of this letter? So, so like the, the point was the letters from the union because the teachers are striking, right? Yeah. It's got to the point where the teachers are striking in an individual school because of their work and conditions. Striking against the trust. So the trust are in, uh, in charge. St. Ivo have their own leadership whose mm. hands seem to be quite tied here. Mm -hmm. They can't have the authority to make any decisions. Yeah. But at the same time, the leaders of the trust are saying, well, it's a local issue. We can't do anything. So nothing's getting done. So yeah. what has yeah. been happening in this school oh yeah. that it's, means that we've ended up having an individual school it's, taking strike action? It's ridiculously dr draconian. So there's a few points. I know we'll go back and forth. So I'm going to mention one. So <laughs> from this letter, apparently the staff there, they've introduced a dress code that is so strict that basically no one can deviate from like one particular outfit. And people are saying it's really not very modern. Mm. Uh, and, and it goes against a lot a lot of modern rights mm. for mm. people and how mm. they want to dress and represent themselves. Especially women, apparently. Yeah, it did say especially yeah. women. So I, Christ knows what. High heels and skirts, please. Probably. It probably is something like that. You can yeah. wear high heels and skirts and, and a We don't know. Just to put that out there. No, but it's going to be something like that. So that was one point. Have and it's on? expensive. 
Yeah, they, they, they said the uniform's expensive. expensive. And, the, and uniform the only is. thing they've given back on that is, okay, we'll phase it in. So it's not a, not a cost straight <laughs> not away. Not even we're not going to do it. The thing that got me, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever mm. seen. And it's, you know, those, you know those jokes we make before? Yeah. And we talked about not having a chair. And we were like, that's meant, that was real. But that's ridiculous. That's as, that's as mad as it gets. Yeah, you, you can't have staff a chair. Room. You can't, can't, chair in can't your have classroom. a chair in your classroom to sit down. No, oh, guess what? You can't have lined paper on your desk. What? Mm. What? Mm. Can't have lined paper. Not allowed it. Do you know what? Because it's a distraction from yeah. the learning. You can't have lined paper on your desk. And Mad. did you just move the bin from the assigned place for the bin to be in the classroom? <laughs> the, the letter said that if the bin wasn't in the assigned place, then it would be disciplinary action for the staff the member. Bin! Disciplinary you know action. Do you know what I want to put in the bin? <laughs> Australia. 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 They can go in the bin. Okay. Sounds Unbelievable. Like Mad. And also posters. Mm? Uh, apparently they're not, allowed, they're not allowed posters on the walls unless it's like the trust's own posters. This is like it's like propaganda, isn't this it? This is like Mussolini <laughs> in, in Italy. See, see, Austria, Austria, Austria. That's unbelievable. Oh man, apparently there's a lot more, but yeah, yeah. So it, it's horribly militant. Um, and treat the school, uh, treat the staff awful, treat the children awfully. High levels of exclusion. Yeah, we see this a lot in multi academy trusts where they come in and they're like, "Cool, we've got to make data better. How can we make data better? Hmm, let me think. What are we going to do with the children who have low data? Mm. Bye bye. Mm. See what, you later." What, what was really interesting was they did so <laughs> typical kind of trust where they only care about the progress data, right? Yes. That is the only thing that's important. Well, they did a survey in the school. I, I was reading through the website, um, like the parent website that they've got for mm. the school. And they did a survey in the school and I was just looking at some of the data mm. from this survey and they were asking children and parents and families things like, is your child happy at school? You know, mm. Do they suffer with any like mental like anxiety mm. and depression all those sorts of things? And it was so high, really? like horribly, horribly high mm. where these kids are not enjoying being at this, this, work, this school. And that to me is the crux of the issue where as teachers, we're adults, we can vouch for ourselves. You know, we can argue against something. We can take them to the union and strike. Mm. The children don't have a voice here. No. They're born in that area. That's their local school. There's no other places. They've got to go there and it's horrendous. Mm. And and that's where it kind of kicks in for me and stop being funny and starts being serious. Yeah. Uh, and we, I know you spoke to a mum from the area because mm. you spoke online to one of the parents from someone whose child goes to that school mm. and she was devastated. Yeah, yeah. She said it was, her, I mean, she, she didn't say much other than agreeing with everything in this letter and saying it is just, she said it was a nightmare, wasn't mm, her word? Mm. A nightmare that her child goes there. Because they've got lots of schools. Yeah. I think I don't think it was that school. It was one of the other schools in yeah, the yeah, trust. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but they, they okay, what um, what other schools have we got? Oh, another Astria school. Yeah. What about one Astria? Yeah. Another one Astria. It got 41 Astria <laughs> yeah, schools. Yeah, they got all the schools so, in one area. Sorry, mate. Do you want to go travel oh. now, uh, an hour and a half? This is dreadful because, I mean, we've talked about this a lot and we've kind of mentioned it already, ironically, at the start of this episode about trying to make your kids happy and, yeah. and that's how you build good rapport with them and these this these staff they're not allowed to do that mm. they're just not allowed which would if i if you were told mm. no next time you do the register like that again mm. and that's disciplinary action mm. take their names mm. silently and mm. if they answer you back they're out of the yeah. class you'd I, be like I, I would i would do what they said take their names silently and mouth it to them yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> then you, that's it you're out you're yeah. fired now yeah. okay bye but you'd be horrible wouldn't it yeah. like taking away your autonomy yeah yeah um and i think this links really nicely into the kind of the list we've put together. Yeah. So th th this whole thing kind of sparked this idea of Hayden and I. We've worked in different schools. We've seen firsthand how schools can be very different from one another. And I think we've got a nice list here about what you 
would see in a school where you do not want to work. Yeah. What What are you going to see? <laughs> and, and we've taken some um, ideas from other people because I know last week, unbelievably, we finished the top five reasons people are quitting. And I was like, wait, we didn't talk about behavior. Mm. That's a huge mm. thing mm. right now. Mm. So we uh, put ourselves out there a bit, asked some people for some advice, and we've got a list we're going to work yeah. through. So for anyone who's working in a school, that's awful. Do you see yourself here? Anyone who's working in a school that they think is bad, well, maybe you'll read this and you'll think, oh, actually, <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, could, and if your parents, worse. this is something to look out for, and this is something I'm really passionate about, Hayden, is any parents listening, do not just go off the one word Ofsted report. You want to be looking for these kind of things because if your staff are not happy in a school, it will feed down to the children, and that's important. Yeah. And even progress data, like we're saying right now, even progress data isn't the be all and end all because if your child is not happy at school, does like are we just gonna pretend that's not important? Mm, 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 I'll, I'll let you decide. So, yeah, I asked a few people online, um, kind of what their experiences were and what they thought. And it was a mixture of teachers and parents, wasn't it? it yeah, was like it was in the end. Yeah. It was, yeah. And here are some things. So, if you want to jump in at any point, feel free. But I'm just gonna read off this list. So, the first one was that the terrible score is when there's an embedded expectation that you will sacrifice your time for the job. I think I think what will be good if we go through this. I'm gonna try and play the opposite. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to come through and be like, I, I agree with this, mm. but I suppose embedded expectation is that not the same everywhere? Is that not just part of being a teacher or part of working? Yeah. In a way, there's kind of an expectation, isn't there? Yeah. I guess it was the it was the idea that you will sacrifice any time mm. for the job, and I mm. suppose systems in other jobs outside of teaching are in place that if you do have to sacrifice your time, here you go, here's more money, <laughs> overtime, because we'll pay you for that overtime, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I agree, this person, yeah, they were just making a really good point, I think, about mm. just, there was just, it's not even a question. Embedded really It's not good. even asked, or oh, yeah. would you mind, I know this is more work, yeah. and your, your timetable's already yeah. full, but yeah. there's this thing that's happened, would you mind dealing with this? <laughs> yeah. It's just, well, of course you will, because you're a teacher. A good example there is someone joining your class, someone joining your school, you're in charge of their, you know, program, you're, you're their teacher, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've got some additional needs that either aren't funded, Mm. or are just not not, not well known yet mm. and then it's kind of just like here you go yeah so, okay that, on, that that only adds to what i've got to do now yeah if i've got to do anything bespokely for this person which i'm a teacher of course i want to do that. that's why i'm teaching because mm. mm. i want to help every single child but that does mean that that overrides my actual time yeah we talked about, we, last week we mentioned didn't we about how um the makeup of your class which is potluck mm. complete potluck mm. It is a factor in t in terms of like why some teachers are quitting. Because if you're just unlucky, and in terms of you have a class that just requires ten more hours a week of your time, because mm. you've got to plan individual things for children, mm. which is part of your job, and you have to do it. Mm. And we agree that it should be done because it's about outcomes for these children. But it's ten more hours of your of your week, mm. and you're not getting paid any more for it. So it's yeah. that kind of point. I think it's just an expectation now. That yeah. you're just, you, oh, you'll just sacrifice that time. Well, that's time of your <laughs> newborn baby. Exactly, and that's now. that's the thing now where I. You, you know, honestly, beforehand, I was kind of moving towards saying no. Mm. At this point, I, I will not do it. Mm. Like, I'm, I just won't. And if it is an issue, I'll be like, I won't go with it ballsy and say, oh, well, I'm not. No, it's wrong. Because I know things have to get done. Yeah. I will go to it with the idea of, okay, how can we solve this then? Yeah. Because it will not be solved by me doing five hours of extra work. On a Sunday. Yeah. It, that's that's yeah, not the solution. Yeah. So let's think of a solution yeah. where it's built in and I'm not doing that extra thing because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think the next one, mm. I'm going to come in because the next two kind of go together, I think. Yeah. And it's something I really feel passionately about mm. um, because I've seen it firsthand and I know how I react to management who do this. And mm. it's, it, it, it forms how we manage our tutoring business, I think. I hope. Yeah, I really sure. hope it does. And how we interact with people as maths mm. leads and things like that is um, the idea that working in a school 
where it feels like the only thing that ever comes down from the top mm. is negativity. Yeah, things it, that have to improve. Things that have to improve. Only ever things that have to improve, have to improve. And mm. there's this idea that, you, you know, the baseline is this is not good enough. Yeah. That, that's that's mm. the idea in the head. And yeah, some would say that's a healthy thing to, in some businesses. Yeah, you can always improve. Yeah, yeah. But as a staff team, that is exhausting. It's been really taken out of proportion because I would agree. It is a healthy thing to have a mindset of I can always be better. Mm. I do think that's healthy. Mm. But I don't think it's healthy when that's the only mindset. <laughs> the, your mindset is also I, uh, I, can, I can be better because I'm so terrible all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. really happened, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. you're, you're not terrible all the yeah. time. And it's, it manifests itself in things like support plans yeah observation right if if you are i'm sorry i again maybe i'm wrong and i'd love to hear someone come back at me maybe you can come back at me at this sure if you give feedback to someone about their lesson and they cry yeah over 90 percent of the time that's your fault for your feedback like i i i really do think that that is you've got to look at yourself when that happens there were some situations, obviously, where someone's maybe going through something else and it triggers something. Yeah. Or to be fair, some people are just really hard on themselves. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the outcome was going to be. Like, yeah. you know, in terms, of, it doesn't matter how you delivered. If yeah. there was something slightly negative, yeah. you could have said 19 positive things, yeah. one negative thing, really tried hard, yeah. and they were still cry. So there are, I think there are going to yeah. be people who I suppose just react differently. Moving on to that, then, what would that look like in a school that's awful to work in? It would look like that consistently whenever there's a, yeah. uh, whenever there's yeah. observations, someone's crying. Yeah, and it's across. The and I tell you what, it would look like is is those same people when when observations coming up, extremely anxious, mm. uh, already getting upset. Yeah, like if any, if that's a massive sign. Yeah, if someone's getting upset beforehand, hasn't even happened yet, mm. then you know that they that they know the, that the only thing is going to be the culture is negative. Um, but moving on to the next point, um, micromanaging. Mm. This this came up a lot when I was talking mm. to people it's just that idea of and again it goes removing next autonomy, point, removing yeah. autonomy. Yeah. being micromanaged too much mm. makes the workplace mm. horrendous it, people so don't do you think there's any do you think there are any any positives ever to a school having uh, really fine rules details in place that they say you have to do this i mean i i i think you kind of have to have that mm. but i i think micromanaging to me is you can have those things in place but it's not letting people just go and do them and mm. explore them and find the mistakes themselves and, mm. and just learn how to do. Maybe there is a really, really strict policy and, mm. and it's super fine, all these little details, but just let, okay, give them the policy, let your staff do it, let them have a go yeah. and, then, and then review it in a few months. Okay, mm. well, that's not working. Mm. I wonder why. It's all, either all of my staff are terrible <laughs> or maybe, maybe my policy is a little bit too bitty rather than <laughs> yeah. just constantly being on your staff yeah. and every single day micromanaging. You haven't done this, you haven't done that. Well, I've checked this bit, you haven't done that bit, you haven't done this bit. No one likes that. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate example of that is when something's introduced, okay? And as professionals, you feel not heard because something might be brought into with, with really good intent, really good intent. Like we're going to start doing this in our music curriculum, mm. okay? When the staff team turn around and all of them think that that's a bad idea <laughs> and they say, no, I, I don't think so because X, mm -hmm. I don't think so because of Y, I don't think so because of Z. I think in a bad school, that's completely ignored. Yeah. In, yeah. in a school yeah. that's awful to work in, your mm. professional judgment as the literal people who deliver the change that's being implemented, so the, the teaching staff, who are going to be delivering this change you're trying to put in place, mm. if they are saying no, 
that needs to be top of the pro okay that well why let's find out yeah, yeah because yeah. then a good leadership might come along and say well we wanted to introduce this because we need to do that yeah and then the teacher's gonna say okay well maybe we can do it this way maybe it's that way mm. because the way you're telling us to do this now is not gonna work yeah and I, I here are the reasons to add to that point slightly more because you did kind of address it really i think it's also bad management though to do the complete opposite, which is all your staff teams say no, so you don't do it automatically. <laughs> yeah, There yeah, has to point. be, and you were basically just fleshing that out right yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. There has to be a middle ground of, mm. if all, all of your staff are saying no, the least you can do is listen mm. to their concerns. Mm. And as a, as a good manager, yeah. try to come to a conclusion about, yeah. right, it, is there validity in mm. why everyone thinks this is bad? The chances are there is if everyone thinks it's yeah, bad. For sure. What often happens in schools, and I know this is every school ever, mm. hopefully people will be nodding like, yeah, there's always going to be one staff member that resists <laughs> any change anyway <laughs> yeah. because it's just different. And, and it doesn't mean that it's harder. bad, does it? No, yeah. it doesn't mean it's bad. But like, yeah. So I suppose in, in, a, in a school that's terrible to work in, things to look out for, red flags, when, where management basically work completely separately to the, the teaching yeah, team. Yeah. They're, there's no, yeah. they're completely separate. Kind of like no our government. Oh, no, no, like, like our government. So it's like the education secretary hmm. who is completely disassociated from mm. all of us. Yeah. has nothing yeah. to do with teaching. Such a good point. Doesn't know anything about it. Um, Such a good point. It's the same thing. And we none of us respect her. Yeah, if literally tens of thousands, I think if not hundreds of thousands of teachers are saying this, the, the thing we do 60 hours a week <laughs> is, is completely broken. <laughs> And then the people in charge go, mm, I think you're the problem. Yeah, one person. <laughs> um, never worked in a school. I don't really visit them often. Mm, maybe. No. It can't be me. Maybe the teachers are the problem. Maybe it is the 100,000. Maybe it is the four days they had off instead of the millions of pounds they've lost. <laughs> I, I think it is, actually. I'm going to record a video and post it on X. <laughs> get in the bin. Get in the bin. Uh, just a quick side point. Did you see that video of Rishi Sunak with the transition? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> made me laugh so, so much. Good. He's clearly got a team yeah. around and go, right, every, Gen Z, they're doing transitions yeah. non-stop. So whenever you want to make a point, mm. you just go up to the camera, there you go, I'm doing it right now, anyone watching? Put your hand to the camera. <laughs> also, I'm going to be stopping the boats. Oh. And <laughs> I'm going to be halving the oh. inflation, which I don't have control over going up, but when it goes down, I'll pretend I have control over it and it'll be good for me. And also... <laughs> for anyone listening, he's putting his hand to the camera. <laughs> I'm going to also... Did I say stop the stop the boats? Yeah. Please the, vote for me. What's the thing that will get the most votes? What was it? <laughs> just say five things over and over and it'll fix what itself. Was it? oh, do you know what? Just, I know we're going off one slightly, but I promise I won't be too long. But I had an interesting conversation mm, with my mum. Don't hear it. <laughs> you were like this. It's political. He loves a political thing. And um, we were talking about, like, <laughs> we're going to the inflation? Of elderly drivers. Okay. All right. A really random, random discussion. And my mum was just basically quick to say, oh, a few years ago, there was definitely talk of introducing a test for people over a certain age yeah, just to ensure they happens. can still drive or whatever, essentially, safely, because yeah. there was a rise yeah. in crashes and things. Yeah. And, um, and she was like, yeah, I don't know why that's not coming in. I was like, okay, well, who, who, who's the primary <laughs> voters for, for the Tories then? <laughs> yeah. so she, oh, well, obviously older people. Well, okay, cool, there you go then. <laughs> Nothing will ever get done if it affects the largest voter base. That's as yeah. simple as that. That's how it works. Teachers, on the whole, are never going to vote Tory. Yeah. So why would they bother ever giving us anything? No, of course. Why do you think Rishi Sunak's going back on all the green pledges after doing loads of green stuff as the chancellor under Boris Johnson? <laughs> like an incredibly green like government, to be fair. Did a lot of green stuff. Why do you think now he suddenly doesn't care and cares about the mo Won't somebody please think of the motorist? Won't somebody please yeah. think of the person in the one-ton metal vehicle? Oh, what are they going to? Just, they're going to go slower for a bit, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're, they're going to go a bit slower and, and the world's going to carry on for yep. God's sake. Yeah. Honestly. Anyway, Back in a bad school, yeah, bad Rishi schools. Sunak would be in charge. Yeah. But, and he oh. would just completely change his mind every three seconds. Uh, got some bad news for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's in charge he's of everything. Charge the moment, yeah. Of the whole thing. Crikey. So, yeah, I mean, we're going off one a bit because it's, it's easy to, but in a bad school, this is what we see. Management separated from staff. Mm. No autonomy for teachers. Micromanagement to the nth degree. General negative vibes around the place and that can seep mm. even from the staff room. Okay. And the baseline that and, of teachers is yeah. you are doing a bad job. You have the can baseline. And I suppose what I wanted to do was, okay, everything there is to do with management. Yeah. And I think it's really easy for us to just say, okay, what makes a bad school? Management. Mm. I want to kind of push the boat out a bit and, and think, what else? What, what other factors are there as to why schools become a place that we don't want to work in? Mm. Uh, and I think the majority, sure, it's down to management, but there's a lot of ex extreme, like extremity factors, <laughs> extreme factors, extreme factors deep. on the outside that I think really can have a big part. And you can work in a school with really strong leadership, but yeah. this can still make this make you dread going into work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think the biggest one at the minute we missed it last week is behavior. Yeah. Behavior can really get people down. And the point, I guess, links into something else. If you're in a year group that you simply don't want to teach. Because you can just be moved. Yeah, that's very, true. Very, very yeah, easily. You might, most people have a preference. Yeah. Like, I, I have a preference. Of and teaching. it doubles up with behavior though. Mm. So you're in a year group you don't want to teach <laughs> and you've got a class, which again, like you said, potluck just happened to be the most disruptive yeah, class possible. Yeah. yeah. That's going to affect your mood. That's going to affect your out, your outlook mm. in the school, no matter what's happening from the and top down. And you happen to be working with a team that you just don't gel with. Yeah, that's a good and It's point. not because you're horrible or they're horrible, but you know, yeah. we don't, we're not all best friends with everyone. We yeah. don't always gel with people. We yeah. have different personalities. And people who work differently to you. I've had this for sure. And I know that I've been the person, I think, I, I definitely You're know. the outlier. Yeah, I've been yeah. the person who um, does differently to like the other two or three. Yeah. yeah and and maybe, yeah. you know, that might be that the other two or three are just much more organized and plan way ahead. Mm. And then we share planning and I just don't. And it, it, it doesn't get yeah. to them in the same timely manner as it gets to me. I end up feeling bad because of it. And mm. they end up feeling stressed, I imagine, because it's not how they would do yeah. it. And you made them quit. <laughs> so they quit because of you. You're the problem. <laughs> That's the answer to the question. Yeah. What so, makes school so bad? I'll tell you what, though, because I was thinking about this, because you did you did mention this to me when I was discussing ideas about the, the, the episode. Yeah. And I think Hayden, they're don't still... pretend that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I still think they're really, really separate. I, I kind of put all those things into just mm. like a potluck category. Whereas mm. I think the management thing... Not potluck? I guess it's potluck in, no but I think it can be really easily controlled like you can't change the behaviour it is mm. kind of just luck right? that's a good point you can't really change like mm. it's not up to you as a staff member mm. that you can't change the other staff members like personalities yeah really like wh whether you gel with them or not it's kind of a you problem yeah, but you can't change the leadership's personalities in the way they do no but we can change the leadership we can change the staff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, the so. that's the uh, that's the outlook of some people yeah I don't know it still feels different I can't really word it it just feels different to mm. me mm. like it's good for a podcast that you can't word something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you not think that's No, I'm playing advocate here. I think you're right. I think it can be more of a system. It's more systemic, mm. the other things. Mm. And with systemic stuff, you can uproot the systems and change them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, no matter what systems are in place, mm. you're going to get a child, that, uh, like a class that's boisterous. Yeah. You, you're going to get yeah. individuals that you just don't get on with. Like you said, that's not that's not bad. They're not bad teachers. Mm. They're but it might be teachers. because, of, and my point there, I guess, yeah, is okay. it's because of your personality. Exactly. So those teachers didn't get on with you because yeah, yeah. of your personality. Yeah. Well, we might have got on, but... yeah. I don't know. It just, it seems different to me. Yeah. It's the systems that are in place. You can change the policies. Mm. And if you've got a poor management team resisting mm. these changes, mm. it just makes a horrible place to mm. work. Okay. So how about this one then? This is, I suppose, my last point here about what makes bad schools before we go into our solutions. Mm. 
what about then, if that's the case, the only way that we're ever really going to change that mm. is if, if the staff make a point and almost like they have at St. Ivo and gone on strike and said, no, <laughs> this is unacceptable. Yeah. Because as long as there's a lack of a drive to change anything, then that those things at the top that can change won't. So it yeah. is, is one of the biggest problems, uh, and I don't necessarily think this, I'm asking you, is, is one of the biggest problems that as teaching staff, we tend to be a bit more passive, a bit mm. more likely to sit in the staff room and have a moment with each other, a bit more likely to go home and you know let it affect our personal lives. But realistically, from the top down, they think, well, they're all doing it. Isn't that great? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think you're, I think you're absolutely onto something there in terms of our culture mm. that we impact. We all impact the culture for mm. sure. And if, yeah, you're right. Because it does happen a lot, doesn't it? Just moaning and then, oh, have you, have you told the head teacher what you think? Mm. No. Yeah. Well, why are you moaning then? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like if, I suppose if they're, you know, if you're in a good school, yeah. it brings yeah. it back around. If you're yeah. in a good school, maybe you people do go to and speak and they feel like they can. The head's more proactive in asking. Yeah. You know, what but is there is the middle ground. Yeah. You can still have schools where you do have a nice SLT team but they just don't action anything. Mm. I think mm. that because we sort of wrote that down. Mm. It's, it is that lack of drive. Mm. Yeah, okay, we recognize these problems. We agree they're problems, they're problems. Six months later, nothing's changed. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like, okay, that's probably a quality of a bad school. It's just not maybe as bad as the ones where they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, we, we absolutely disagree with you. And now you're on a support plan yeah. for mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, because that's absolutely right. That lack of drive, the drive would just mean that your life's even worse. Yeah. People just make that choice yeah, of, yeah. okay, my life's like a three out of 10 now in this job. But if I kick up a fuss, it'll be a solid one out of 10. Yeah. So you know, I'll just keep the three out of 10. Yeah. yeah and then that's yeah. just the worst place to be in. So yeah. I, I, I don't think it's as simple as me sitting here like I sometimes do saying you've just got to not do it it's like I, I know i know it's tricky yeah i reckon there are staff like you and i that would be in places like st ivo and mm. absolutely have been so ground down oh they yeah. have no possible way of yeah. of being like that yeah so now we've done all the negative stuff yeah only should 50 we, uh, minutes of it <laughs> should we spend <laughs> i think i want to spend the next little bit uh just thinking okay our ideal school what does it look like Okay. What can we do? How can we fix well, these I love problems? This. I know. Let's I always do, do this. It. It's already positive now. <laughs> let's play the jingle and have a merry time. <laughs> do your jingle then. Go on. Let's be positive. How can we run a school? Oh, still going. We will make it good, but not good like Ofsted. Good like what I think. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Good like what I think. I love that. That summarizes you well, doesn't it? <laughs> Not anybody else's opinion but mine. Dylan Price. That's me. <laughs> I'll spend five minutes trying to convince you that I'm right. If you agree, then that's okay. If you don't, <laughs> oh, then you're wrong. I'm not going to find it now this last minute, but yesterday you said something to me when we were talking and I didn't call you out on it, but it made me laugh so much. What was it? And you said the phrase. <laughs> what? You said, actually, yeah, I, uh, you said, oh, come on, I'm going to get it wrong. I'll get it wrong, but it was, <laughs> I think I know it what was something say. like... <laughs> You're absolutely a, you're absolutely right because I agree. That was the phrase you used, and I <laughs> I remember typing it. Oh, good, good to know. I'm right now. You agree, so I'm right. Because you made a point that was slightly different to mine, and I couldn't just say yeah. I'd say yeah. I also had that train thought. Yeah, and therefore I it's, it's more valid now. It's more valid now because Dylan Price agrees. <laughs> I just laughed. Uh, right, let's fix this bloody school, shall we? Let's fix them, shall we? Move on from you, embarrassing. Right, so I'm sufficiently embarrassed. Um, good. Hayden, what can we do <laughs> to fix these problems in a school? What does a good school look like? It's all about trust. 
<laughs> All about trust, baby. reward, loyalty, <laughs> yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. Well, when, when I was having the conversations mm. with people about what makes negative schools, mm. they were then inadvertently telling me what a good school is sure. and the good schools they've worked in. Sure. And the biggest thing that came from it was this idea of trust. And I think it's quite a wide point. Maybe we can delve into it a bit mm. more. But it was always, yeah, just a trust, trusting me, trusting mm. me as a teacher, trusting mm. all your staff, mm. trusting that the right things are going on. Mm. So like, should we break that down a bit more? Yeah. I suppose the opposite to that baseline we just spoke about, mm. where a lot of schools, and I've worked in a school where the baseline was, it's not good enough. Mm. And I felt very, felt very clearly that it was cool, fix that. Mm. And then I knew, okay, what's the next thing? It yeah, was never yeah, cool, yeah. it's working. Yeah. Never ever were you feeling like you're in a state of, I'm just delivering and doing a good job, mm. which is fine. Yeah. You can think that for even a term, but there are some places where you can't think that for a day and that's perpetuated by the top. So I guess in a, in a, in a really good school, whilst trust, what do you think here? To me, trust doesn't mean we leave you to it all year. That's yeah, it, yeah, and it's just, then it's potluck from the SLT's point of view, whether you're doing a good job or not. Yeah. I agree. Trust is... It is exactly what I'm going to re-say what you're saying now. Mm. It is just the assumption that you're doing a good job already. That's the that's the baseline assumption. You're doing a good job. We trust you because we've employed you. If we didn't, we've done a terrible job of employment, haven't we, uh, yeah, really? Exactly. Like, we've not and done... <laughs> linked to that is the idea of autonomy. So what would, what would autonomy look to like? Because I'm, I'm really interested in this because I think that if I was a member of SLT in charge of a school, I think that I'd be, I would very easily fall into the trap. Jokes aside, like what you're saying of, I, I will just think, well, this is the way I'd do it. So it's too inconsistent. I can't be, way. I can't be sure that it's happening. So, yeah. okay, you're all going to do this. So where's the line for you with autonomy in a good school? I find this one really hard. I think you probably will as well for the same sort of reason, mm. because I don't think it's good practice. Mm to have too much autonomy. Okay. I, I don't think it would be good, right, if me and you went, went to school and between us and all the other teachers, we all had a completely different way of teaching mm. English. Like you were like, hey, we've got we've got a book for this term. Mm. We're going to do that. And I'm like, no, I don't I do not do I don't do texts at mm. all. We do everything sentence level mm. and then we do a bit of writing at the mm. end. And someone else has done, done something completely different. I think that would be terrible because mm. I don't think that SLT, other than potluck, mm. Because they could, everyone could just be happen to be really good at doing those things. <laughs> yeah, but I think sure. that is like I don't think they could have a really good no. hold on what their staff are doing yeah. and a good, you know, a good management system where they're like, okay, we can assess this well. So, what does autonomy look like then? Because I suppose what we're saying is there'd, there'd be some baseline rules in charge. Like yeah. you're going to use this text, okay, and mm -hmm. we want you to make sure you're covering these kind of strands with your questioning. We want to make sure that you're obviously covering the curriculum and your yeah. writing. So, so what will autonomy look like in terms of let's say a parallel class? Yeah. Uh, or even year groups, whatever mm. you want it to be, you walk through a school, how would it be different then? My opinion on how autonomous something is, mm. is pretty much based on the point in which we stop getting involved as mm. management. Mm. So that point for me is you can, you can be quite prescriptive all the way down, I think, even to the learning objectives. Mm. And at that point, if you stop, it's, it's autonomous for okay. me. Because it's like, cool, as a teacher, we trust you to deliver mm. this curriculum. Mm. Mm. in a really good way. Here is the curriculum, by and the way. And you have to deliver this curriculum. You've got to deliver this curriculum. Here yeah. it is. Here are all the objectives. I'll even let you, you know, decide how long you're going to spend on the objectives. Mm. But here they are in order. Mm. Across two terms, you've got to teach this. Mm. Mm. And the autonomy for me is saying to the teacher, giving them all that mm. and saying, go on then, yeah. off you yeah. go. And not yeah. getting involved every day and, and micromanaging and saying, oh no, I think you should have spent 15 minutes on that task. Mm. 20 minutes on this one, that's a bad lesson because of that. Well, I'm thinking back to observation feedback I've had before, where there, there, are, there really are two types of observation feedback. Ones where it's like, okay, actually, yeah, that's really useful. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I did spend too long on that for, because you explained to me that that had a detrimental effect then on their task, mm. detrimental effects on their independent. That's that's really useful. Good feedback. Okay? 
But when it's not useful, is I always remember a lesson you had with mm. metaphors and similes. <laughs> yeah. and, and you simply got the ch children to write down a definition of a metaphor and a simile in their book mm. so they could refer back to it and understand because they're working with yeah. both. That took a, a minute. A minute. Okay. And I really wanted them to write it. And, as well. and that's because it was your autonomy to say, okay, I'm going to use that as a learning tool for them to mm. come back to mm. in my lesson that I've planned. Mm. And that was a problem. Yeah, I got told it was a waste of a minute. Um, and bear in mind, I'd really meticulously thought about my lesson because it was mm. an observation. Mm. And, uh, and I had specific, I'd already run through the options of mm. I could just give it to them on a bit of paper and stick it in. Mm. And I was like, nope, I want them to write it down because yeah. it literally is going to force them for one whole minute to think about that. Like the worst case scenario is someone manages to write that down and like blindly and not think mm. about it. But mm. most kids are going to be reading the words they're writing down. Yeah. And I wanted them to do that. Yeah. No, terrible. I got bad feedback for that lesson because that should have been on, on a sticker or a bit of paper and just stuck in their book so you could get on. And do you know what the worst thing is? In these kind of schools where that's a problem, depending on who's seeing you, if you've done a sticker, someone would have said it was a problem. Yes, of course. Someone else would have been like, oh, well, that's, why don't you get to write it down? It will embed yeah. it more. Yeah. yeah, It's so objective. And I think mm. in a good school, you get rid of the subjective stuff because you just trust your professionals. Mm. You can you can judge them on oh gosh you're a year four teacher and you didn't you've not taught this objective in addition yeah. and subtraction yeah. no they need to know this yeah. that that that's that should never be offensive to someone because mm. you need to cover the curriculum if you go in and you say well actually I did think that the fact you spoke about your weekend for a couple of minutes halfway through the lesson I don't think that was on I think we could yeah. have been spent that too they weren't no. learning yeah get over it yeah yeah, yeah. the teachers well, that's decided autonomy, that, the professional yeah exactly and I think it leads really nicely to the next point mm. um, have, about having clear systems in place yeah so because I guess for me autonomy stops at the point of as management you've got really good policies and systems in place that your staff can follow easily mm. so that mm. they can be autonomous with the <laughs> delivery of those lessons that's such a good point because in itself having a system that everyone follows isn't autonomy but it allows for good autonomy. Mm. It's interesting. So how would that look in your school? So are you talking about a scheme of work? Are you talking about a behavior system? Or like what, what do you mean? Well, it, okay. I'm, I'm Right now, the example I'm thinking of is something like a scheme of work, right? Mm. Because we have subject leaders. Mm. Now I'm thinking back to a time when I first became math subject leader and I was super, super, super passionate about the subject. Yeah. And I just had this assumption that everyone else was as, mm. uh, was as passionate <laughs> yeah, as me. Yeah, that's a really good And I look point. back at it and, and I learned a lot from that time because i think we lead maths quite differently now to yes. how i led maths way back oh, then yeah, yeah. um because back then and i think this was terrible was i put in place loads and loads and loads of really intricate things that were just amazing they're very time consuming mm. but really really good passionate things because i was so passionate about maths and i was like everyone has to do this now i've given you this resource right you've got to before you plan you've got to check this this and this and you've got to get one of these in and i was like this is great like because if because if everyone does that it, these maths lessons will be perfect but really, in reality, no one was anywhere near as passionate as I was at that time about maths. And it was just a huge burden. Mm. And it was a really, really complex policy that no one could actually get their head around and follow properly. So <laughs> I think that to, coming back full circle, a better system in place would have been, would have been much more simple. Maybe sacrificed a few of those things that I know are really great. But you know what? teachers can be autonomous and put those things in if they want because if your system's really good there might just be a little vocab a little bank of resources there that they can use if they mm. want to mm. have that autonomy yeah but here's the core system in place yeah. yeah yeah no i think that's really powerful i i'm i'm i completely agree with that journey and i think a lot of people listening who do work in a school or in any kind of job i suppose is when someone puts their passion or their you know job description onto other people mm. and it's like okay i understand how much you're passionate and i actually know that what you're doing is really good 
But that does not mean that it's going to be beneficial if you force everyone to do it. Because then what happens to history? What happens to science? What happens to English? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. too much. And I think you're absolutely right about clear systems, which feel sometimes maybe you're taking autonomy away. Mm. Good leaders will make it very clear that there is autonomy built in because you can do X, you can do yeah. Y, you can do yeah. Z. From our case in maths, it's the pitch, it's the pace, it's what you want to alter. Mm. There's a curriculum and a progression. You've got to use it. Yeah. But how you think you need to deliver it for your children? Even in that lesson, you think, okay, we need a practical lesson here. I'm going to go off script because I know the end goal is given to me and I need them to get there. Yeah. But I know that my children will get there this way. So I'm going to do it. If we walked in and we saw someone going completely off script, but we just watched it and we went, oh, I get that. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, of course. Yeah. Which is very different to imagine we were in a poor school. Imagine we were the bad management. We walked in, we saw them going off script and we told them that was terrible. They didn't stick to the script. Mm. That's awful. You've now mm. made a, you, you've, you've started a terrible culture. Yeah. And good teaching is often painted in a bad light yeah that's objectively good teaching mm. if you make that choice for your children you'd be pe making people scared to make good choices for their children yeah true through the through being scared of autonomy. the risk of oh it could be a bad choice well you know what it might not be though how how about then um when we're thinking about what makes a good school and i guess it's the kind of antithesis of everything we just said about a bad school but yeah. i think this is so important is we talked about positivity with the children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really, really passionate about this. And I know sometimes it can become quite condescending to my friends who, who laugh and joke. They, they understand why they think it's nice. But I always say this when I play golf mm -hmm. with my friends, mm -hmm. they hit a good shot. I kind of, I feel like I'm going to teacher mode. Yeah. Oh, what a shot. I'm, yeah. What unbelievable. That's so good. Mm. Because I just go into that. I feel like I want to praise everything because yeah. I get the most out of my kids. Yeah. With adults, it can be seen as condescending. And we can be seen as very professional, especially in these schools where they're not nice to be in. And, you know, you talked about the baseline of mm, negative. It's something's bad. So mm -hmm. my job, by definition, is to fix things as SLT. Yeah. In a good school, what does that relationship look like between management and teachers? It like? looks exactly the same mm. as the relationship between you and your kids <laughs> in a good school. Tell them what to do and they do it. It's the same. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not that. It's the same thing. Because it's mm. just psychology. That point we made at the beginning of this episode about building good rapport with your kids. Mm. Really, it's not really about kids at all. No, you, it's, you don't. It's, you don't want thirty mates who are seven. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. not really what it is. Why it's, are you building it? It's psychology. It's because people people feel good when they've been told they're doing things well. Yeah. That is really quite simple. <laughs> and when people feel good, guess what? They do things well. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a yeah, cycle, yeah, yeah. right? And when people feel bad about stuff, it's a classic thing. If you're a teacher, think right now. How many kids can you list off the back of your hand who are are not very good at reading and they hate reading? <laughs> it's a cycle oh, I'm not very good at PE hate PE yeah, so not very good at maths hate maths of course yeah. they do yeah. teachers I'm not very good at teaching and now I hate teaching yeah. and I've quit yeah. it's the same thing yeah. so start, I just think I don't think it's condescending really I, I live life like that as well yeah, yeah, I really yeah. I really try yeah. to go out of my way to like, unless it's you I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, literally, <laughs> you're literally the only person who I'm like constantly <laughs> brutal brutal it's because we have a deeper it's connection okay, we have a deeper connection yeah. but it's true I, when my friends do stuff I always try to like big them up and be nice about it. I might have the odd joke, but I actually hate it. I find it cringe when you have those friends or people that... Hey. No, because we're not... We're not no, like I know, that. I know. But you know what I mean. There yeah. are those people yeah. out there who... They only it's like an ever, affront, isn't they it? only ever make things like yeah. take the take the mick yeah. out of good yeah. things. Like, oh well, we've done that for. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. I've just done something, yeah. done something good. It's, it's an affront to them. Again, I feel like I did this to you, but it's because we. I feel like we've gone past it. But like, it's an affront when they've done something well. Yeah, you ever yeah. get that? And I, I know people where. If I were to say, and I don't even like saying like, I've achieved this. I don't really mm. like that. Mm. But if I were to say that, there are some people I know who would be like, really big me up. Yeah. And there are some people I know who their first thought would be, what have I done better? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and it's yeah. that that kind of you know, all right. It's like I, mm. I've had a kid constantly. I'm having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's me, baby. But yeah, no, going back to that kind of thing. Yeah, I, it. When you got that feedback from your English lesson about your metaphors and similes, yeah. right? Did you after that think, oh my gosh, I am, I'm transformed now. I'm going to teach English so much better because you've told me I can't write it down. Or did you think, okay, screw it. Boring lessons from now then. I'm not going to bother. Uh, I actually thought um, I lost complete faith in, in the SAT because exactly, yeah. they didn't, because I thought I did plenty of good stuff. Mm. I don't think I'm perfect where, where yeah. that lesson was perfect. Yeah. I reckon they're always, <laughs> I can look back now yeah. and reflect on that lesson yeah, sure. and teach it way better. Yeah. But they didn't give me that feedback. Yeah. They didn't give me those constructive things. They just picked on something really arbitrary that mm. I thought was just a pointless point to make yeah. and they mm. didn't mention anything good mm. so I was like cool I don't I mm. being bolshier yeah I guess and and, and yeah. quite stubborn and arrogant <laughs> I, I I just took that as cool you have no idea what you're talking about I literally don't respect you anymore <laughs> I have no I do not care what you but say to me anymore. right or wrong okay that's clearly a bad um in, environment to work in yeah so so yeah. no matter it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong in that situation mm. if SLT are giving that kind of feedback mm. you're going to get that kind of response that's not a nice situation. No. And if I was less arrogant mm. and stubborn. Mm. Big if. Yeah. <laughs> if I were less arrogant mm. and just basically a normal human being, mm. normal teachers, I probably would have taken that feedback really badly and then made sure to never do that thing again, mm. which I thought was good yeah. about getting children to yeah. write things down because, yeah. I, because I think there's value in them writing it. Negating and I'd always teaching. put it on stickers and yeah. then my teaching's worse. Yeah. yeah. Such a good point. So. The too much autonomy actually squashes teachers. Yeah. So I guess, okay, again, me kind of playing this role of, well, okay, but you know, it's all well and good saying to someone well done mm. well done you mm. thank you did you do all that planning well done <laughs> yeah, well yeah. done though well done. did oh, you do all that planning that weekend did you do all that planning though yeah. well done though yeah. what about you know I, I know a lot of you know <laughs> people in those kind of positions mm. uh, from previous life let's say mm. where I'm like okay you present very nice yeah. but you perpetuate this toxic environment yeah. it's so, gotta be real so what, what, what okay what can we actually do yes we're gonna be positive to our staff but it's that W word. Mm. You know what word I'm talking about. Mm. What what can what does that look like in a good school? Well, yeah, okay. So I'm just gonna go back a step because there's a lot. There's What's a lot the W there. word? Because we're gonna clarify. I don't know. Workload. Oh, okay. Work I was thinking. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was thinking. Hopefully, you'll clarify. Water. It. I was already thinking about my point as well. Go so, um, the fakeness. It's yeah. so easy to spot, isn't yeah. it? Insidious. Yeah. Oh god. So I, I genuinely think if like if our head teacher right now said something nice to me, I would take that. I'd believe it. 100%. Because I think it's genuine. Yeah. But I have definitely been in situations before where mm. someone could say something and I'm like, cool, this is a mask. Get to the point then. Yeah. What's what's the negative yeah. thing you want to say underneath <laughs> it's this? It's so true. It's all I think. It's uh, not real. You don't really think this about me You know that all. classic like sandwich of of feedback. Positive like, sandwich. Negative sandwich. Yeah, you because changed it. I like the other It was word. from my uncle because he was like, he's right. You don't call a sandwich what's on the outside. It's not a bread sandwich. True. So yeah, the whole positive <laughs> thing. How many times do you see this? You'll get an email, right? I have seen such fantastic things mm. from you guys. But what, what an amazing week we've had. Amazing teaching from the top down. However, here's 17 things you've done wrong. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, okay. That completely uh, contradicts yeah. what I just said. Yeah. And at that point, the whole sandwich doesn't work anymore because yeah. it's got to be genuine when you do that. Yeah, and, and I think the sandwich, the, the positive bit on the outside can't be contradicted by the, in the yeah, middle bit. Yeah. Like if I was giving feedback about maths, right? Yeah. I said, wow, your maths teaching was fantastic. And then I immediately told them something that was terrible about that maths teaching. <laughs> it's it's like the first bit's now a lie. But what yeah. you should do is yeah. pick out something that was genuinely good and yeah. unaffected by the negative thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you had- Lovely hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Those heels and that skirt look great. Oh, God, that That's fantastic. I'll tell you what, so good that the, po- the policy now in school was going to be that everyone has to wear these heels and these skirts. God, you know what? The mask is makes me cringe even yeah. you saying that. But that's that's what happened at this know. school. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Yeah. We're assuming that was the heels oh, and yeah, skirts. But something like that with the with yeah. the uniform. But yeah. what it has to be if you're doing the, the mm. negative sandwich. I like it sounds nice. I know, to I know. A positive I know, sandwich. I know, but it's wrong. Is if you are, you know, <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> it's wrong. Dylan said it. It's wrong. He agrees, so it's wrong. No, I've said it. What's a ham sandwich? Is it ham bread ham? <laughs> I don't think so. Blooming should be. The bread's the worst. More ham. Yeah, more ham. This is great. Oh, but anyway, just to summarize, it should be that you pick something out that's genuinely positive, that you actually think you're not just, it's not just a game. Oh, I really like the way you book report and your starters were fantastic. In the main lesson, I, I just wonder what happened here with this bit mm. and then you come your negative but, mm. I, but at the end of the lesson you really pulled mm. them all back and this the was, was crap <laughs> <laughs> this bit in the middle shocking shocking if you ask me but I've not finished my sandwich no, okay. so here's something nice <laughs> I want some more ham please yeah. um, but yeah no okay so absolutely right but then workload very quickly last two things yep. second to last workload how is that managed in a good school what, what, what can we do because the job is hard actively we've got lots to do Right, mm. we've got lots to do in our mm. role. We mm. can't suddenly just say, "There's, you know, oh, okay, just don't plan English." Well, no, I need some English yeah. lessons. So, what? So, what does it look like effectively in a school, knowing that we have a high workload? How can it be managed yeah. effectively? First of all, it's acknowledged, mm. and I don't mean the classic. And well it, done. <laughs> no, not even that. Oh God, I hate this one. It cringes me out, and people, nice people, do it, and I know they don't mean anything by it, and we've said it before, mm. which is. Go on, it's five o'clock. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Go home, you rascal. Go on. Go home. Oh, you are go the person home. in charge of why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I not mark it? No. <laughs> go home, though. Go on. It's five when o'clock. can I mark it? Don't stop it, you. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just get it done. Go, go home. home. Go You're home. still here. What are you I've doing? I've got it marked by tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fake. That's the mm. fakeness again, isn't it? It's mm. that. It's that playing the game of positive sandwich. Playing the game of oh, I'm supposed to tell them to mm. not work too much, but I'm not going to mm. reduce it. So good schools are active in the reduction of workload. Okay. So they will monitor it. There has to be something in place to More actually monitor someone it. Else. <laughs> yeah, okay, employ someone to do it. Or yeah. as the head teacher, that's that's yeah. part of your workload now. Yeah. Monitor it, do something about it when it gets too much. Don't, don't just do the thing that a lot of schools do is they go, oh yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is bad. Let's have a meeting about it next term. <laughs> and then the term after, we'll think about implementing it. And hopefully by the term after that, you've forgotten about it because we've implemented seven other things since then. <laughs> no, what we'll do is we'll implement some seven other things, then we'll get rid of one of those things. It's a good thing is time costing, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's a good way to do it. It's like, okay, if you're going to, you have to have a baseline of it takes you X amount of time to plan lessons, right? Mm. If you're going to introduce something that literally adds an hour a week, yeah. time costing would be you'd have someone look at it and say okay we need to save an hour somewhere else mm. if we can't save an hour somewhere else then we're not introducing mm. it and you you have to be bullshy to do that because quite often things are introduced with the creeping shadow of Ofsted yeah. so you saying okay no we're not going to do it because of workload is you essentially as, a, as an SLT saying no we're not going to make our curriculum better Mm. so wh- mm. where's the line for you because you have to say no we're not going to make things better because of workload yeah where's the line oh, i don't know you've got to be smart with it i guess haven't you this is where it just takes really good managers mm. to be able to time cost and also like cost it based on how much impact it will have mm. and also just everything else that already exists in your school mm. just every now and then reevaluate them maybe mm. and be like how much impact how much this is costing us like two hours a week on average for staff mm. how much impact is this really having yeah because this yeah. other thing i want to bring in is, is going to have way more impact it's really good okay point. let's swap them yeah. You know, I think it just it is just down to yeah. good management. Yeah, there's no there's no easy answer. No. And I think it's easy sometimes with our podcast when we sit chatting to be like, aren't we putting the worlds to rights really easily? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think this is a really big problem that a lot of mm. really good leaders, a really good heads have where they actively know because you're saying don't just know it. Well, 
there is a problem where heads mm. know there's a problem, but there is not an easy solution no, because the easy no. solution, and I say this, mm. the only solution is to do less. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. And it's easy for me to say that because me doing less means what? There's mm. less planning. We yeah. don't we don't have an English lesson on Friday. We don't have a math. Yeah, because everything we're already doing already feels so important. Exactly. I'm already doing what I need to do. That's why yeah, I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, I, I don't know. Someone online, I'll just finish with this. Um, when, again, talking about the whole, whole question about all this stuff, talking about workload and he, he was saying that he worked in a really bad school in the past really really bad and his like men you know mental health was terrible yeah um and then he started refusing to do it, all these extra things mm -hmm. and i'm not doing it anymore he's fed up with it yeah. i'm not i'm not doing a club anymore no stuff your club you yeah. know because it's one of those schools where it is voluntary yeah and a great side effect <laughs> a win-win situation really for good schools is that he was saying that when he worked in a positive school yeah. He was actually really happy to give up his time to do a club because he felt trusted and respected and he wanted to give something back to the school because he really felt valued there. And isn't that funny? Like how much of emotional reactions we have to mm. stuff. It's like in the other school, ironically, they got less out of him mm. even though they were trying to work mm. him harder. Such a good point. He didn't do the club and now he's doing the club. Why are you a teacher? Uh, the money. <laughs> I'm joking. That would be the worst answer possible. I'm a teacher for two reasons. Yep. I absolutely love teaching, as yeah. in I love seeing people yeah. learn things. I just yeah. like helping people. Yeah. Um, That's why I do the podcast. You learn so much. Guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and the second thing is I really like the autonomy. Mm. I like having a day mm. where every day is a bit different. Mm. I don't really know what's going to happen yeah. other than there's, you know, the lessons. Yeah, you got to deliver stuff, but the children. Yeah, but it's all, every different because I, I just I have hated mm. a job that I had mm. before where I was just, I I knew my whole week already. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be doing this. Putting beans on the boring. shelf. Putting beans on the shelf. I'm going to, you know, scan customers things and i just didn't like that and other people loved it yeah. but it wasn't for me so yeah. they're the two things and, and and i completely agree I, i'm a teacher because i did a week when i graduated when i didn't know what i wanted to do mm. i did a week in london mm. in a recruitment firm in an office oh did you no i told you this no one. i don't know i did a week i probably told you probably forgot <laughs> uh, i did a week well i say i did a week i was lined up to do a week so you did a week four times mate <laughs> i did a week uh i've had a baby all right um i got to tuesday lunchtime yeah. And I walked into the guy who owned it, nice guy. And I was just like, nah, it's not for me. Because all you had to do all day was pick up the phone, cold call people with jobs, right? You were trying to sell jobs. You were a headhunter. You're trying right. to sell jobs in IT. Mm. I knew nothing about IT. So mm. I'm trying to go, yeah, it's a, um, a C-sharp job. Yeah, just thanks to the D key. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, that's no, that's a coding yeah, language. Yeah, it's JavaScript and orange peel, uh, whatever. So I'm trying to sell IT jobs, cold calling people. Yeah. Because I get a commission every time we place someone in yep. a job. Yeah. And like the base salary was rubbish, and you just basically all day phone, 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 proper like city like job with eight other people around you on the phone, phone, phone. I was like, no, nah, can't do it. And teaching was always this job where I thought, okay, not only can I have an impact, I feel like I have an impact because it's in my control to make you know i can teach children to read mm. how good is that mm. you can help someone learn to read like that's unreal when you think about it. i can help someone to enjoy maths like mm. that's so powerful to me to be able to be in a position where i'm like okay you're going to start with me and you don't like maths and after a year you're going to love doing maths mm. and you are going to be better at doing maths mm. and you're going to have an outlook in the future where you think you can do maths <laughs> Fred again. Fred's back, baby. Fred's no, back. No, but that, but that is why. Yeah. And I, and I fear, and I, I've, I've said this before when we talked about why we're striking. Mm. You're absolutely right because everything that's being eroded in a profession is everything that makes it good. Mm. It's the autonomy. It's the trust. You're professional. You're going to get on with your job and do the things that are important to you. You're being ground down. You're not going to go the extra mile. Mm. I, I will be really honest right now. 
I don't go anywhere near as far in this job as I did when I was uh, one, two, three years experience. Mm. Nowhere near as far. And I put that down to two things. One was the environment that I worked in for a few years. Mm. And two is that it's the chronic underfunding from the government. Mm. And I don't just mean my pay. I mean the underfunding of the entire thing. I mean, if you worked in a private company and they squeezed funding as much as has been squeezed in education, you would feel it around you. I want to get that mm. across to people as to why we're striking. Mm. If you are if you were suddenly squoze so much where there were layoffs and you didn't have the right thing to do and now you're doing three jobs instead of one because they got rid of some people and actually the roof's leaking but they can't fix it because they've got a good... You would notice that and it would affect your life and that's mm. what's happening in teaching. And not only is it then just... I'm not being horrible to people who work in office jobs but that's affecting your office job where the world will go on if Virgin Media can't ring someone mm. in a day. This is affecting like the livelihoods of children. And the next generation. The next generation will leave this country at some point. So it, it's it's really disheartening. And I'm I just worried that all of this mixed in with the, I think the control we have from what we talked about management and external factors in the school mm. with what's happened with the government over the last 13 years. I just, I'm really worried. Yeah, I agree. Bye. That's my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but no, no, I do. I, I was yeah, very interested in what you were saying there. But I do. I fully agree. And I think it would be really nice to hear from you guys. Mm. Because almost definitely, like we finished our last episode and we mm. thought, ah, oh, we didn't mention this one thing. Yeah. There's probably a few things we've not really mentioned that you might have been thinking and screaming at the, at the <laughs> screen or whatever through mm. this episode. Mm. Please write to us because we'd love to hear. what What is it that's made your experiences good or bad mm. in schools? And if you don't work in a school, are we being a bit dramatic? Is this just the same everywhere? Is yeah. this what we see? I've been listening to Adam Kay's book, This Is Going To Hurt, an ex-doctor who's mm -hmm. like a TV comedian writer. Sorry, I <laughs> hate it when I mess with the microphone. <laughs> who's been, um, who wrote a memoir a few years ago. And it is horrendous being a doctor, yeah. like the workload and stuff. It is, it is, it's five times worse than being a teacher. Yeah. So all this, you know, these 37 episodes we've had, <laughs> times that by five. And uh, the doctor, oh no, sorry, the doctor can't do a podcast. He's working 24-hour shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, some- Put it into perspective, perspective sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But where can they get to us? How can they write to us, Dylan? Find us on Instagram, always the best place. Teach, seek, repeat podcast. Guys, I asked for blah, blah, blah. Guys, I asked for some Q&As uh, <laughs> recently and we've got them all. We didn't have time today, but I'm banking them and we will be using them. So every time I ask for a Q&A and I don't ask it, don't think, oh, there's no point. There is because they're going in a bank. Okay. So mm. keep asking us questions and send us some lovely stories. When we eventually get time to stop moaning, we will go through them. <laughs> yeah. And also enjoy the memes Dylan's been creating. I've been making memes. We'll talk about them next week. <laughs> go on. Go to our Instagram and like my memes, please. I enjoy them. Good. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>